This is Cher, and I'm here with Jason and Rob. Guys, if you had to describe this podcast in five words or less, what would you say? I'm going to go with Wild E. Coyote guzzling gasoline. I'm thinking climate change diarrhea hurricane. Are you serious? Maybe I should do this thing on my own. Fine. It's a show about how to stay sane in a world where there's too many people consuming too much stuff and the planet can't take it anymore. You had me at diarrhea. Caution, if you're allergic to four-letter words, you might want to try a different podcast. Hey, have you guys ever been to the South Pacific? Nope. No, I've seen the movie, though. Actually, I haven't. <laughs> the musical? I don't even know what I'm talking about. All right, well, I haven't done that, but I've been to the South Pacific a number of times when I was a, was a research botanist. It's uh, glorious. But I you ne- wanted to get there before it all went underwater, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, it's still... Uh, Still floating, but uh, I, uh, I I didn't know those islands float. <laughs> That's incredible. Don't you understand anything about geology, man? No, I'll talk clearly to you later. not. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. But uh, I never got to a place called Vanuatu, and um, I wanted to, but um, never got there. That sounds like a good song. Wanted to Vanuatu, it, like I, a Beach Boy song. Paradise. Right? Yeah. They've got like one of those um, volcanoes that you can look into it, and it's bubbling like lava. You know, wow. like, like few, all the time. It's just like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like one of the few places on Earth. Nice. But the other pla- thing it's known for is it has um, it, it continues to have what are these called? These called cargo cults. You guys heard of these before? They no. like love cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the eighties, right? Well, cargo cults uh, kind of emerged when South Pacific people who had this culture of sort of reciprocal gift giving and these big men would try to give more than other people and that's how would they get social status. Oh, so their social status was about giving more, not taking more. Yeah, pretty well, much. Interesting. Yeah. That's a little, little different from modern times, yeah. isn't but, it? But it was still kind of materialistic in a sense. So they would try to acquire so they could give and that would give that would give them the social status. Interesting. Now here's what happened. That's what, by the way, that, that's what Jeff Bezos is doing, right? He's just trying to accumulate billions of dollars so he can give it away. I hope so. Yeah, what a good guy. <laughs> but, but imagine World War II, and there's a war going on in the South Pacific. And suddenly there are these airplanes, and, and this is back in the 40s, and there wasn't, really wasn't like global air traffic at that point. So these folks didn't know what was going on, but there's these giant birds in the sky, and suddenly... Things started floating out of them and landing on their beaches. Like what? Cargo. Ah, <laughs> cargo. I get it. Right. Okay. And and so they would find these boxes and you'd open them up and there'd be cargo pants. Or <laughs> or, or what about that Minute Work CD, Cargo, from the 80s, right? No, we're, wow, that's we're, time travel. Right, we're we're 40, 40 years off here. But, uh, but it, it's like industrial manufacturing and the abundance of sort of the fossil fuel era. Suddenly the accoutrements of that for armies landed in these places. So this was like about base building yes. on these islands. Yeah, so the, the Japanese, the Americans would just sort of like... Accidentally drop these No, no, they'd be like, we need to set up uh, operations here, you know, right. in order to have a base to repel the invasion or whatever. But before they could get there and start setting it up, these guys would find the box on the beach and then they would get, uh, yeah, they would get like, all the stuff. Stuff would happen and they were just like, wow. But, no, but the military was there and they would interact with these people. And, but then if suddenly they, they left, right? The military left. Right. The war's over. They're gone. Right. And these people who are just like, bring it back. Where's our cargo? Where's our cargo? <laughs> Where's our cargo? What happened to it? Like they didn't understand 
how this stuff could have been made, where it actually came from. It came from the sky. It came from the sky with these giant birds. And so there was no like education or explanation. There wasn't like an exchange program between like the, the, the big man of Vanuatu didn't like get sent to London to understand the industrial revolution, right? They were just sort of at this, at a loss. And then they started creating these religions, essentially what they, what now was termed cargo cults to try to recreate the, the scene that led to the arrival of this cargo. <laughs> try, try to get their cargo back. Yeah. So they would make mock airports and. <laughs> oh, so they're, they're trying to basically recreate all the conditions that existed that yeah. allowed this stuff to come out no, of the sky. Wait, were they recreating war conditions? No, like? but they would march around and stuff in uniforms and things. <laughs> <laughs> they made themselves uniforms? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you can look online and see all these pictures of you know John Frum, Cargo Cult, and all this stuff. Did, who, that, did it work? Did they get more they're shit They're still waiting. Oh, have they're faith. Have faith. Right. right? So who's John Frum? I don't know. It was like some mythological U.S. soldier. Oh, nice. <laughs> Probably gave him cigarettes. <laughs> Johnny Frum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's the messenger from God. Right, right. Right. Yeah. right. So so that's interesting. It's in, in anthropologists are look at as as sort of this big man culture is trying to bring back the cargo. It's sort of recreating the conditions that led to this extreme materialistic wealth. So, and I, I kind of feel like, you know, I, interestingly, this, this is, this is kind of funny, but, uh, and it's absurd to think about from what we know today, but at the same time, I think we're no better. Oh, we're no better than the cargo cults. We're, we're doing the same kind of stuff. I'd say we're even worse. I mean, they, they're, they're not destroying their island while uh, practicing their cargo cult. Most, most of what we do, we're, uh, we're wrecking the place as we do it. Yeah. Well, we are. I think you're right, because we are sort of hoping for answers from the sky, you know? I think right. for, for technology or something to sort of fix, fix our problems. Yeah. I definitely think that that's true when it comes to, like, cl- climate change. Like, yeah. if you think about it, we sort of know now that, Climate change is a real thing. There are obviously some some folks Wait, who are going to continue what to deny kind this of craziness is this until the seas you know <laughs> go over their their heads and they will still deny it. But putting aside those folks, you know, I think it's pretty evident to most people that this is a real thing. Yeah. And now we're in like in this oh shit moment. Like, what are we going to actually do about this? Right. right. So we're waiting for this sort of magical solution to fall out from the sky. Right. Yeah, they're going to think of something. They them. will think they, of something. They, they, yeah. they, they will think of something. Yeah. They, yeah. And you know, are. the big one is uh, what, what folks in our circle is called negative emissions technology. Yes. You know, that, that's basically saying, okay, well, fuck, we're, we put way too much carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases in, in the atmosphere. We got to ratchet them down. And let's be honest, we're going to keep burning this stuff for at least for yeah. a little while. It's moment, really right? good to burn it. It is oh. great to burn. So if, if, that's, if that's the case, and we got to figure out how to get Get, you know, it get it out of it, yeah. out of the yeah. atmosphere. Now, I think you know? some of that's needed, but we we just our models are trying to rely too much on this. I've done I've done some work looking into this, and so you want me to go over some of the negative emissions technology sure. what they talk about. So, so basically, like there's stuff that's more biologically related that you can sort of imagine um, doing, like planting trees, right? So reforestation, tree, reforestation, exactly. So you basically plant trees and they store carbon carbon in their wood. No way that that stuff could ever get back into the atmosphere. Well, they, there's problems with, <laughs> with some of the biological mechanisms is that they're not necessarily that permanent, right? Well, we're, we're here in the Pacific Northwest. Pretty much the whole West the last few years has been on fire. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, just, uh, you know, 
you're more of a scientist than I am, Jason, but uh, it seems like that would release some CO2. That, that's the problem with the, with the, uh, with the forestation programs is that no one's sure how, how permanent they would be. The other one they talk about is, is land management is the term, but really what that means is agricultural tech, you know, changing agricultural techniques so that soils are not, not, uh, don't release carbon, but soils store carbon. So right now, a lot, most of the way people are farming actually is burning carbon out of the soil. But if you do things like cover cropping and because more they're comp- chilling it, right? They're turning the, it too much. The, the yeah. soil over and that releases carbon. Dioxide. Exactly. So, so if, if, you we, get it, if we do things that cost more money. Yeah. Not necessarily. I mean, I think there's a lot to this. Like, this is one of the things that actually, if we do it, would be really good in many ways. Like, you could you could probably prevent erosion, improve infiltration of water in the soil, reduce flood risk, uh, store a lot of carbon, reduce your need for fertilizer inputs. It'd be great. It's just that you've got to then change sort of cultural practice of farmers around the world very rapidly. But it's possible to do. So that's one of the ones that's probably one of the better ones. Um, it probably gets less support because it's more practical, right? It's very practical. Well, and maybe hard to profit from. It's, right? There's no profit because you can't sell as much stuff so if get, you do get, Give me the cargo cult ones. Give me, give me some of them. Well, once you start getting into the, kind of the technical sort of things, there's things like seeding the ocean with iron, especially the polar oceans. And that's supposed to cause like algal, uh, phytoplankton blooms. And some of that may settle out, but then there's not as, you know, how, what, how does that impact the food web in the oceans? Not, <laughs> not that sure. Why do I just picture a bunch of people from Texas firing their guns into the ocean there? Now we've seeded it with iron. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's ships broadcasting stuff and planes flying over. I'm not sure, but, uh, then there's the there's what they call enhanced weathering, and this is uh, interesting because basically one of the ways that carbon dioxide levels drop is that rocks sort of break up into their mineral constituents, and they can react with carbon dioxide and form what's called carbonates. And so limestone is the most important carbonate we're familiar with, okay? And and we make lime out of it, and very common. But the problem is it takes place very slowly. And we're putting, it, we're putting out carbon dioxide so fast that these technologies are trying to find ways of speeding up this, this sort of process. So we're, we're looking for super accelerated rock making. Uh, rock weathering and then changing the rock from a form like usually a silicate form, like calcium silicates or magnesium silicates into calcium carbonates Carbonate, and yeah. magnesium carbonates. Okay. And then, but a lot of this stuff then relies uh, on like carbon capture and sequestration. So that is the idea that you you somehow move carbon dioxide you capture into like below ground chambers. All we need is um, everybody should be handed a bellows at some point, and they just <laughs> suck the air out with the bell and then they and then put it in the put ground it and yeah. then just blow it out. Yeah, no and problem. you got to do like 10 of those a day. It's good for that's, your health. It's good for that, the earth. That's all we problem have to do, solved. 10? Uh, yeah. I think we could do that. Well, maybe we should do the math on that. Uh, we each need to do 4.7 billion per hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, that might be a little tricky. And by the way, uh, you won't be able to breathe after everyone's done this. There will be no air. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing is like we're we're, we're like I, sorry I, i'm sorry I i'm sorry to, i'm patenting that technique that's mine i own the bellows technique if you want to use it just send me uh i don't know a few million bucks you better file a patent buddy yeah. someone else is getting on it right now yeah. well that's part of the problem is that none of these technologies make money 
And so mine, mine does. Well, the there's technique there. Well, some of them they're trying to where they essentially make like fake, like uh, synthetic fuels. Right. If you don't, that's, you a, that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. You know, last year, a few months ago, there was a, uh, there was a lot of media coverage about this. It's supposed a technology of capturing carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and then through a conversion process, turning it into gasoline. Yeah. I mean, how beautiful is that, right? Air to gas. Yeah. Yeah. Gas. I mean, it's like, it's the, you talk about circular economy, man. That is right. a perfect circle. Right. We're just going to drive our cars, burn some gasoline, you know, put the CO2 in the atmosphere. Right. Put it right know, back in the car. And then exactly. <laughs> and suck it out of the atmosphere. <laughs> Turn it back into gasoline, put it in our cars, and just happy motoring. It, down it's the road. a perpetual way, motion machine. Well, this is the awesome. way that press releases. It sounds like it's easy, and it's a perpetual oh, yeah. motion machine. So, what's what's the problem? Yeah. So, actually, I remember when that piece came out. I sent it to because uh, I think it was like in the Atlantic and in a bunch of other places. I sent it to David Fredley, who's a who's a fellow at Post Carbon Institute. One of our fellows, his day job is actually working in Lawrence Berkeley National Labs, one of the big, you know, uh, energy labs in, in the U.S. And he's the smartest guy about energy stuff that I know. And I sent it to him. I was like, mm, what's the deal with this, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And he did some math on it. And he and, and Richard Heinberg, who we work with, kind of wrote it up. And they just looked a little bit about, you know, the energy inputs in this process, right? So it's one of the things that people never talk about is right. what does it take to actually power these kinds of chemical processes, right? So... Yeah. And I'm just going to kind of quote a little bit about what they wrote. They basically said, if you just look at the fans, you know, you, you need fans yeah, to be sure. turning. You to know, move to, the air. Yeah, to, to do this stuff. Well, if you, you know, moved air, let's say you, you extracted, you know, say 1 billion tons of CO2, which is, to give that perspective, you know, that's like less than 140th of right. the CO2 that we emit uh, every year. Right? We're talking globally. Globally, globally yeah. yeah. So 1 billion tons, right? Yeah. That would require 61 terawatt hours. Now, these are numbers that nobody right. fucking understands, right? right? But that's more than all of the solar power that we generate, you know, in the United States in a, in a year, yeah. right, on average. Now, if we were going to say, okay, well, remember, that's one, like less than 140th yeah. of the emissions right. know, that we're putting out every year. If we're going to try to do all current emissions, right? That would require about the equivalent of 75% of all of the electricity consumption <laughs> right. in the United States, right? Yeah. That's just for the fans. Right. Just for the fans just in this for the process, fans. Nothing right? Nothing else. It doesn't count all the energy that needs to go it's into like the It's like a pumps. rock band. We do it for the fans. <laughs> right, exactly. So you think about the pumps and the motors and the compressors, all the other parts of it, you know, right. and the compressor itself. And the machine, and the, just the, the, the cost and the energy that went into building the oh, whole yeah. infrastructure. So. The compressor, right? Okay. That's just the fan. The compressor itself compressor. is is twice requires twice the energy needed for the fans, right? <laughs> right, right. You start doing the math on this process. So when, and when that's before you even get to doing the conversion to you know the gasoline, right? Right. right. So when you start saying we'll think of something or they'll think of something, I, I it's getting to in my mind to be they'll think of something really stupid or they'll think of <laughs> something that can't be it done. Sounds great. I mean, you know, yes. like the you know Twitter or whatever, like. You know, there's all this talk about, well, this is amazing. Maybe yeah. it's too good to be true. Uh, yeah, maybe it's too yeah. good to be true. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's a lot of wishful thinking going on, right? I mean, people uh, are scared. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was recently doing the math. I saw, I saw a news release recently that, was, that also got me thinking and doing the math. And it was about, um, it was, again, this thing where you take, you take the, a rock, this magnesium silicate, and you, you somehow... Get it into this uh, this you know facility that has this 
this substrate that helps it convert it to to magnesium carbonate or magnesite. And you told me this is the gold standard of yeah. negative emissions. Well, what's lovely about this is that once once you turn it into a carbonate form, it's very stable. Like unlike you know soils or forests that can burn and re-release it, or pumping it into some underground chamber where there might be leakage. This is rock. This is like. This is rock solid carbon storage. It's the ultimate. Yeah, it's right? kind of hard to undo, right? Hard to undo, but of course that means it's hard to do. Right. Okay, and that, that was pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Anyhow, so uh, <laughs> way to compliment yourself there. <laughs> he, he set me up. Me, yeah, yeah, me, me, and Jason got this. Yeah, I got this thing. Okay. okay. Well, so call and response. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So here, like I did some, I did some simple math on this. So essentially what you, you know, you read the literature on this and you gotta, you gotta mine essentially, um, if you mine two tons of like magnesium silicate rock, okay, which you can find basaltic rock and things okay. like that. And you bring it to this facility that will then, you gotta crush it too. Right. You gotta get it to the facility. You gotta also. get, yeah, you gotta, you gotta Maybe transport. you get the facility right there. Yeah. Well, I, but co-locate. Let's co-locate. Right, I can't, okay, I can't think it. of a day where I haven't moved two tons of rock. <laughs> so you do that somehow and you crush it up and then you get it to react and then you create this magnesium carbonate rock. So you go from rock to rock, but this other rock now has a bunch of carbon carbonate in it. So yeah, that's what we want. It, that's what we want. Taking it out of the air, and exactly. Right? And carbon gotta... dioxide, carbonate—they're kind of related, but car- carbonate's a solid form. Right. And then you move that somewhere. Yeah, I but then you got to move the—you've got to move this magnesium carbonate out of the way so that you can make make room for the new magnesium right. silicate. I think we in. just build more McDonald's with those <laughs> rocks, right? Right. Uh, right. So I mean, that's part right. of what they talk about. Can we do something with this rock we've just? Hey, we just we can make Yosemite taller. It'll be great. We'll we'll <laughs> make El Cap right? bigger. We'll make Half Dome right. higher. It'll right. be awesome. Right. So um so you mentioned you know like thirty we have like thirty eight billion tons of carbon dioxide a year we emit right now. Yeah. Okay. Annually. Yeah. Annually. So it's a it's a two to one ratio. Like so you got to react. You got to take two tons of this rock to react with one ton of CO two. But then you've got of course, then you've got the rock that's left over. That's another two tons, approximately, that you got to move away. So you got to move that's four tons. You got to move four tons of rock to take care of one ton of CO two. Sure. And so we make thirty billion, thirty-eight billion tons of that a year. Thirty-eight billion tons of CO two a year. Yeah. So what so, you're saying is we got to move four times that in rock. In rock, right? <laughs> right. If we we're to take care of current year emissions, okay. With this one, that's so, just the rocks that we're moving. That's not even the energy that goes into this whole process. I'm not right? talking about energy. Why yeah. would you talk about energy? Yeah. No, energy is not important. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So okay. give us the math. Four times. 38 billion. billion is some big number, right? Like, like almost, <laughs> I like the way almost, you do math. That's great. Almost 160 billion, right? Okay. Almost, yeah, yeah it's 152 billion. I right. Yeah. Okay. Now, I tr- I'm like, who knows what that means, right? 152 billion? Oh, yeah. Tons. I, I can like, totally right, picture it. Right, right. Okay. So, I, you ever been to Grand Coulee Dam? Yeah. 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 It's, it's impressive. A, it's a big dam. It's out in, in eastern Washington and stuff. It's Damn, it's big. It's, damn, it's big. <laughs> it was like the largest structure ever built by people for a long time until China did something. And so you, you, it is about 24 million tons of concrete. Million. Million. So that's a, that's a, thousand, a, thousand, a thousandth of a billion. Right. One right. million. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you divide the 24 million tons into the 152 billion tons, you get 600, uh, sorry, 6,300 
Grand Coulee Dam's worth of material <laughs> per, per, per year, year right. that we have to move. Right. Yeah. If this technology, right, to, to take care of current emissions. Well, let's right. let's let's be unfair. real. That's I mean, emissions unfair. are going to grow, so we need more than that yeah, many everything Grand has Coulee. To grow. Yeah. Of course. Well, I mean, it's a little unfair Where to are try we to put all those Grand Coulee dams. Well, I mean, I mean I'm not saying that we should stack them up. One right. on top, then you'll get a. You put Trump's name on the top. Right. That would make him happy. Or think about it: if you stack them up, then you've got a wall that you can climb into outer space, or a wall <laughs> to keep all the Mexicans out. Oh, right. <laughs> so many uses. But I mean, it's not fair to put the entire burden of emissions onto one technology. Sure, sure. But we're talking one. You know, it's it, it's absurd, and it's of orders of magnitude not going to work. And you'd have to have many technologies of this scale, like thousands of this scale to make any difference. And we don't. We only have a handful we're talking about. And you were saying that that's like the best example, right, in terms of it being stable and a long-term solution to to take carbon dioxide. I mean, they like like the ability to inject carbon dioxide into caverns. That's one of the favored. But this is one of the big ones, right, where some... But but really, you know, only expect if this gets scaled, they only expect a billion tons a year to be offset. And even, you know, like you're saying, like one fortieth, right? Like with the, what you were talking yeah. about. And and that's that's a tremendous amount. I mean, that's just enormous in industry to be created for something that doesn't have an end product. You guys are joking about like, oh, we'll make a wall out of it, or. <laughs> but <laughs> but that's the problem is that nobody We're knows what to do. With, no one knows what to do with it. You're taking rock and you're making rock. <laughs> and this is <laughs> I want a rock. Oh, oh <laughs> so, man, we just went to the twisted sister. That's, yeah. that's painful. Well, let, let me let me. If you'll if you'll indulge me, there's a quote. I I was reading this. Um, uh, the president of the European Academies of Science Advisory Council, and it's like Terry Courvoisier. I hope I. That's I a hope, beautiful pronunciation. It, I hope I yeah. pronounced it. He probably right. pronounces it like Courvoisier. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, here, here's what he said. This was in February of 2018. Quote. Having achieved a global consensus at the Paris meeting of the UN Convention on Climate Change in December 2015, there may be a tendency to think the problem of climate change is finally on the way to being solved. This may be one reason for the lack of recognition in the public and political debate of the severity of the emission reductions required to achieve the target of restricting warming to within two degrees of pre-industrial levels let alone the 1.5 degree Celsius aspiration enshrined in the Paris Agreement. Now, this is the, this is the beautiful part of this quote right okay. here. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm waiting expectantly. I need one, some beauty. <laughs> one factor possibly contributing to a lack of urgency may be the belief that somehow, and he put quotes here, technology will come to the rescue. The present report shows that such expectations may be seriously over-optimistic. Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Future Scenarios allow Paris targets to be met by deploying technologies that remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. However, putting a hypothetical... This is, this is hysterical, actually, if you think about this so guy. This right? guy would say it. Yeah. yeah. However, putting a hypothetical technology into a computer model of future scenarios is rather different than researching, developing, <laughs> constructing, and operating such a technology at the planetary scale required to compensate for inadequate mitigation. 
You mean it's a lot easier to put numbers into a computer than actually move Do this many, yeah. you know, billions tons of yeah. rock? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's all kind of great computer games you can right. play and pretend are a, yeah. a model of how things are going to go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't, that guy's such a doomsaying chicken little, yeah. uh, sky is Fuck falling nutter. Yeah. Of course technology can help us let's uh, forget about this negative emissions uh, bullshit what's wrong? let's let's go to space <laughs> yeah well i mean if negative emissions aren't gonna work that's our only recourse right. that's right? what elon so musk is talking about right? look we yeah. know that we are damaging the life support systems of this planet which we were evolved to live on and breathe mm-hmm. on i mean you, you pop out of your your mom's uh you're born. I don't want to go yeah. there dude come you're, on you're born and you're just you can live you can yeah. breathe, breathe you can it's yeah wonderful. Uh, so of course, uh, once we've wrecked this, let's go colonize a place that doesn't have an atmosphere that is the wrong temperature to survive that doesn't have soil. Um, yeah. Cause that's going to be easy. Yeah. Totally easy, man. Yeah. All we got to do is just get what, up in a rocket ship and listen to some good. Why, tunes. why is that actually, I, I don't know how seriously people consider the notion of colonizing Mars, but it's so, it seems like it's a seductive idea to so many people and it's the most absurd like, why do you think if we are having trouble living where we're meant to live, we're somehow going to have an easier, better time where we're not meant to live? Well, you know, we're just going to terraform Mars, right? We're going to create like a space elevator that's going to take us there. We so. can use the uh, the magnesium yes, rock to yes. build that, right? We yeah. just, yeah, it probably doesn't take too much energy to get it into space. <laughs> I think they're talking Mars. about like carbon nanotubes with graphene or something like that. Well, you know? Can't you use negative emission technology to make those? Come on. We yeah, just so, need Matt Damon's poop and we'll be fine. Right? <laughs> yeah, can grow some potatoes. Look. If we can't, you know, figure out how to get carbon dioxide out of our atmosphere, I'm sure that we could figure out how to go to Mars and terraform that planet so we can breathe the atmosphere there. Yeah, of no course. Problem. No problem. Yeah. No problem. It'll be easy. Nanotube straws. Those are like the plastic straws that are floating in the Pacific plastic gyre right now. <laughs> can we just use those to build it? <laughs> You know, I was doing some math on this, too. I'm sorry. Wow, this is your, your day math for math. Math is a problem. But man. I like your math. You say stuff like 38 billion times 4 is a really big number. So <laughs> most, pe- most people like that kind of math. If anyone got a calculator, can you help me out with this? Um, yeah, just, yeah, open that I've, up. I've got a phone here. Let's just, this is all, this is simple math, okay? So 80, 80 million, about 80 million people a year. So, so one of the, if you look on like, uh, if you Google like, why go to space? You know, what are the rationale for going to space? One of the things that often pops up is, so we can relieve pressure on earth of human population right All right it's a good yeah. you know it's an argument like, well, there are a lot of there's us, a lot of us right? here and we've got seven a, yeah it's a relief valve people, relief yeah. valve right so don't, don't, don't worry about the idea of stop having so many kids just, no, let, uh, okay. let's just let's just start shuttling off the planet so All let's right. let's do some quick let's just do some quick math okay okay right. 80 million people a year are are over over replacement right now so we add about 80 million to the population yeah. every year that's births every over year. deaths births over death Okay, so t- t- type in 80 million. Right I did there. it. Look yeah. at that, 80 million. Okay, divide it by, please, uh, 365. The number of days in a year. Number of days a year. Okay. How many is that? 219,178. Okay, that's how many people a day have to get off planet. Okay, okay just to keep our population stable. flat. We've got we've to somehow shoot off 200,000-something <laughs> people. 
Um, so let's, let's do that by hour. How many hours? Let's do that by uh, hour. Divide by 24. Yeah, by 24. Okay. Let's figure this out. Per hour. 9,132 people per hour. Okay, per hour. Okay. Let's do it by, let's do, uh, um, let's go, uh, divide it by 60. Let's make okay. it, let's get a lower let's number get here. It by this minutes. is too big. This okay. Is too big. Yeah. We're down to 152 people per minute shot okay. off the planet. Okay, so the space shuttle, cool. the space shuttle could take eight people up at a time. That was its max. <laughs> All right, right now, like the like the it Ru- wasn't doing this every hour. No, by the way. no, yeah. the Russians right now, like the capsule that goes up and serves the space station. Yeah, uh, that's it's, surely it's more. They no, got three. Be, okay, great. <laughs> But we're going let, backwards. But we're going to work on this, okay? We're going to improve things. Let's say ten. Hey, let's hey, say ten at a shot. Look, okay? the, the magnesium carbonate uh, magic elevator is going to get at least 152 people a minute. So if we do we do ten a sh- so let's do wait, let's do ten a shot, right? So that's fifteen a minute. We need fifteen launches a minute to break even here, and then where are the. Where the fuck well, are they going to go? Every minute of every hour yeah. of every day. Of every day. All day. Just, just all day, every day. Seven. Just yeah. to, it's like a treadmill, though. It's to run to stand still. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's just to deal with how many new people are being added to the planet Each every year. year. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so, yeah. And where, they, where the hell are they going to go? So... Uh, Who cares, hey, man? Let's just sit in this space. Bye-bye. <laughs> what, does, uh, what does a rocket run on? I mean, uh, is there any emissions like hydrogen associated and with this hope. stuff? It's hope. Yeah. There's a well, there's certain gas. We're going to fire hope rockets. <laughs> well, it's something like $2,500 per pound right now is the cost to send something in this space. What if, what if there was... What if there <laughs> well, was, we need to send our lightest people then. Yeah. What, what if there was somebody at the destination? Brand new babies. What, what if there was somebody there where, where these people are going and when they, they arrived, they had to tell them why they were there? Yeah. <laughs> you imagine? They're like, uh, no thanks. Well, right. uh, why don't you go back? <laughs> but that's what's crazy. It's like we think this is but it's a solution, but it's, it's more like if it, you know, did you see the movie Elysium? Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. That. No. Right. Oh well, it was it was Matt this, Damon. Matt Damon was in it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, very rich people are are in this like beautiful little space colony, and everyone it's all right. screwed. Earth down. went to shit. The wealthy people managed to get themselves off the planet. They're living in some biodome floating in space, and it's like this idyllic little bubble that they're living in, looking down at the shithole that's been left behind. Which is the vision of Asgardia, by the way. Asgardia. What's Asgardia? Well, it's a nation. It's a what do they call themselves? The Space Kingdom. The Space Kingdom. <laughs> the Space yeah. Kingdom. Oh, it's a real thing. Look it up. Look it up. What do you mean it's a real thing? It's a real thing. Well, there's it, a Space Kingdom. Well, there's a there's, population zero. Well, they've got like a couple hundred thousand people who have signed up to be members of their space nation. <laughs> <laughs> do they have to pay? Is there no, some? No, they're, they're gonna. They're, they're volunteering to go out into space. Well, they're members now, and they're like electing, and they're they're in constitution, but eventually someday <laughs> they're, they're gonna. Well, they're getting ready. So at that, least it's a representative government. They're That's getting great. ready today, so that. When like the Elysium ship type thing is up there, oh, they get to go first. They get to go first. Smart. But there's like a. Are they actually building the Elysium thing? Well, they got like one satellite up or something. Oh, nice. Like a little thing. Sounds Uh a little cargo cultish. (laughs) Well, that's that's the thing, right? Are we any better? I mean, here we are making fun of sort of these technological solutions, right? That people tend to resort to as like they'll think of something, right? We have that on the flip side. I, I, we deal with that a lot at PCI where we have, you know, I, I think we help people kind of do a reality check on some of this this techno-optimism stuff. But we get, sometimes we get people to give us a kind of a different version of that, you oh. know, if they'll think of somethingism. Okay. You know, like, I swear to God, I can't tell you how many emails I got from people 
who say if we just legalized hemp production, hemp, right? Hemp, hemp. We could use hemp for everything. <laughs> right. We can make clothes out of it. We can make houses out of it. We could use it for fuel. I mean, hemp yeah. is it. Right? We can right. smoke it. We could smoke it. Yeah. I mean, hemp is like this magical solution. If we just unleashed it, right, yeah. Yeah. then it would fix all our problems. Of if it mellows it us out enough, we might just not need well, as that, much. I mean, desire that, is you know, that, that, there's an interesting argument there. You know what I mean? No, but they're talking no, about you could use this as material no, for everything. Think how much more food we're going to have to grow if everybody's smoking <laughs> marijuana yeah. all the time. That's true. So, I, you know, I think people tend to... Uh, tend to want to believe that there's going to be some right. magic solution. Yeah. It either exists below our feet or exists, you know, it's going to come from the sky somehow. You know, it's going to be delivered to us, you know. Yeah. And and what that really tells me is that people people are scared. Yeah. And they're hoping that somebody's going to fucking figure this thing out. Oh, yeah. I think that's the root of they'll think of somethingism. Yeah. I don't want to stop doing what I'm doing, but I want to have the problem solved. Well, it's it's politically very expedient, of course, right? You don't have to do anything if some if they will think of something to take care of it all, right? There's no need to address the real problem, the fact that we're we're an ecological overshoot, we're we're too big. One of my favorite books, you guys read the book Overshoot by William Catton? Yeah. All right. Chapter 11, by the way, goes into cargo cults and stuff, and uh-huh. it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he kind of reminded me of this, uh, of that chapter when I was thinking about this, this show. And um, we have to shrink and we have to reduce our take of planetary, planetary resources. There's no getting around that fact, but we will come up with anything, any excuse, any faith, any you know, grasping at straws to avoid dealing with that reality. And it reminds me of what that professor said, that the, the guy I quoted from the, the European Academy's Science Advisory Council, right? One factor possibly contributing to a lack of urgency may be the belief that somehow technology will come to the rescue. Yeah. The guy's right. It's a mess. Well, we have created an economic system and a culture that says these things are going to be delivered to us, right? Right. You don't have to build your new iPhone, right? Yeah. Apple's building it for you, and they're going to launch it, you know, and make a big noise about it, and then you can go to the store, buy it online, you know. And it's so it just happens. It's almost like the 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 people in Vanuatu couldn't comprehend how this stuff was made. They didn't know the science. They didn't understand that it was all based upon a one-time flourish of fossil fuel extravaganza. And, and neither do we, though. Like, we don't understand. This is a one-time thing, this ability to just, like, launch ourselves into space. The, the 600 or so people that have ever gone to space, by the way. Right. Ever. The most we've put into space in one year is 63. Well, we'll be doing more than that every, uh, what, every three minute. hours? Yeah. Every three minutes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, so we don't, that's the thing, is we don't, we, we don't understand this, even though we're hey, in this culture. Hey, they do it in the movies, therefore... Therefore, don't can we just do it in real life? You know, there are no limits. Man. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I remember Ronald Reagan. There yeah. are no limits. I want to uh, drive a DeLorean eighty-eight miles an hour and then go back to nineteen fifty whatever. Well, what we're do we back in time? Yeah. I know. What, what do we? What do we do about? I mean, part of what I'm trying to do about this is by throwing out like some basic scientific literally literacy, some some a simple calculator that's on everyone's freaking amazing amazing phone is check this stuff, like figure out how to do some math. 
think about how much energy it takes to do some of the things that, that people are actually yeah, talking Yeah, technology about and energy are different things. It's like in scalability, you know? Yeah, I mean, just be a little skeptical, yeah, you know? be a little skeptical. Yeah, so, so you're saying, do some math. Right. Be understanding, some, be uh, you know, understand a little bit about the laws of thermodynamics. Oh, oh yeah, and uh, think about, like, not burning so much shit all the time. You mean maybe stop? scale it back? Yeah, scale it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Do idea. some math. Now scale we're not it gonna, back. We're not gonna no, no, you, you're not going to get elected that way. <laughs> hey, you guys want to get in the car? We can go down and, and buy ourselves some well, burgers. Can we get in a truck instead? Yeah. Okay. Let's cool. use my truck. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast. And while you're at it, rate or review it at iTunes. That really helps get in front of more people. To learn more, visit postcarbon.org slash crazytown. And if you want to actually learn something instead of listening to us bozos, you should check out Post Carbon Institute's Think Resilience course. It's four hours, 20 bucks, and will seriously change the way you see the world. Catch you next time on the mean streets at Crazytown. Let's take a deep breath, everybody. <sighs> okay. Yeah. I want to just put good feelings out to the world because... It's kind of rough right now out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, and and it, it's a shitstorm. It could all just unwind. And one of our sponsors, the Singularity Syndicate, has a message, okay? You know about them, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. They're the best. Okay, they're like, hold it together, okay? We need a little more time. Just give us a 2040, for God's sake. Just hold it together to 2040, okay? Please. Why 2040? Oh, that's when we'll hit singularity, okay? Oh, yeah, right. I can't wait. I want to have my consciousness uploaded. Yeah, it, it, so... So we could just fuck all after 2040, because we got a backup, If right? we get to 2040, our consciousness will be backed up into the ethereal plane and projected throughout the cosmos so we can be one with it forever. Just keep the shit together, so Keep people. driving, keep burning, do whatever you and want just don't 2040. Kill, just don't kill each other too much. We can do it, people. Let's do it. Let's do it for the Singularity Syndicate. Woo!